KRCL, Salt Lake City. Welcome to Radioactive, a show that plugs you into community. Tonight, students are taking over Radioactive in partnership with Salt Lake Community College, KRCL 90.9, and Amplify Utah. I'm Macaulay Blackburn, student journalist at Salt Lake Community College, and I'll be your host tonight. Before we start our show, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that KRCL is on occupied Shoshone, Goshute, and Ute land. These nations, tribes, and people still exist today. The Ute, Goshute, and Shoshone people, nations, and tribes should be recognized as the rightful stewards of this land and given the rights as the rightful stewards of this land. To kick off our show, we have Sean Stetson, our lead producer, to talk about a show we both saw at Sundance. What did you think of Animalia, Sean? Well, first off, I think that the opportunity that Salt Lake Community College gave us to have these tickets in the first place was just, like, tremendous. You know? So awesome. And, you know, the movie I thought was beautiful. It really was. Uh, there were a lot of subtitles. <laughs> but after a while, you don't even really notice that you're reading the entire movie because you're just on the edge of your seat with the suspense. And it was just, you know, it was beautiful. Oh, totally. Do you remember that part where her tears transformed into like the stars of the it universe? It was so trippy. Oh, totally. Me I didn't and my know what like, was what? going on. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I'm happy it actually wasn't in English, English because there was one phrase in the movie that I swear if I hear now, it'll creep me out. But I'm, ha- you know, it'll be all right. Everything's going to be all right. It's just, I'm happy I didn't hear that because yeah. I, I I like everybody telling me it's going to be all right. But it's a good It was a good movie. And the most exciting part for me was the Q&A after. I really enjoyed hearing oh. them talk about like their concept of making the movie. And you know, it was a short film first. I mean, I just thought it was all so fascinating. So my, me and my sister dipped right after you it dipped? ended. Yeah, because we were like, why is everybody staying? Y'all are weird. We're going. And uh, we left. <laughs> That you gotta give. You gotta watch the credits. I had no idea. Whoops. Yeah. Well, it was an My exciting, bad. you know, experience, and just want to thank Salt Lake Community College for giving us those free tickets. Yeah, and that's a cool thing. If you're a Salt Lake Community College student, look out for opportunities like that, because this isn't the only thing they do. We've got, you know, a food pantry. You can go if you can't afford a toothbrush, guys. Go to the Queer Resource Center. That's what I did. You know, like it- there's actually more Sundance films being played at the Grand Theater. You know, until this week. So. Yeah, go check them out, and hopefully so there's some more tickets in the dean's office. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if you're a slick student, go see if there's some tickets in the dean's office for you for free for Sundance. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on Sundance, Sean? You know, Sundance, it's cool. It's pretty. A lot of great movies. I can't wait to see the winners. You know, I didn't get to vote on... I didn't vote. I have the opportunity to vote, but we haven't done that yet, so... All right, so we have The Lodge by Throne and King JP coming up. I am Macaulay Blackburn, your host for this show of uh, Salt Lake Community College students taking over Radioactive in partnership with Amplify Utah and KRCL 90.9. And that, and that was a little taste of The Lodge by Throne and King JP or King Jip. We are not sure. I'm not sure. Um, right now, we're going to talk to Bonnie Baxter. She's the director of the Great Salt Lake Institute at Westminster College. We're going to talk about the collapse of the ecosystem, which is going to be a hard convo, but we're going to get through it. Bonnie. Oh boy. Yeah. Good hey, how are you doing? I'm so happy to see you, Macaulay. It's wonderful to be here. So happy to see you, too. So we are going to get into the collapse of the ecosystem. The lake has salt in it, obviously. It's the salt lake, but... Um, 
one of the problems is as water is shrinking, the saline balance is getting too high. Right That's now, right. yeah, right mm-hmm. now we're at 17.5% salinity, which is too high for the cyanobacteria, which is the base of the food chains at the lake, to survive. Can you tell me some more about what your lab's experiments found with salinity and the cyanobacteria? Yes, yes. So uh, we actually got even up to 19% at the historic low that we hit in November, which is a little frightening because these microbes don't do well when they get above 15% and their their favorite place is like 12%. These are the these are the base of the food chain for brine flies and brine shrimp eat on them too. And they they form these really cool mounds on the bottom of the lake. Um, and the brine fly larvae, these little caterpillars in the water, like crawl down to the bottom and they pupate on these things. So they provide habitat for the life cycle of the brine fly, but they also provide food. So it's important that they do well. Because if they don't do well, the brine flies don't do well, which is what we observed this past season, this past summer. Um, and the brine flies don't do well, all of the birds that eat them don't do well. And of the 10 million um, avian migrators that come through here, uh, a large proportion of those birds eat brine flies and at some form of their life cycle. So we're really, really worried about the things we're seeing in the lake. and. It's great to have this precipitation right now, but last year we came up a foot and went down two and a half feet. So that we're up a foot right now is great. Um, But it's not enough. It's not enough to replenish what we've lost over the last 10 years. So um, we're we're hopeful um, for the season, but we also um, have to... Um, sort of grin and bear the fact that it's gonna we're gonna lose this water in the summer Um, so we really need to be getting more water to the lake okay so that leads me to my next question for you we've talked about eco collapse without these microbes the cyanobacteria Mm -hmm. uh, the food systems at the lake are not going to do well and the life at the lake is not going to do well do you have any solutions um, that you have found or come upon to help the birds help the lake help the life forms out there yeah I think one of the coolest things about life that has evolved to live in a terminal lake that shrinks and swells over time because part of this is a normal trajectory what we're seeing right now is extreme and it's not it's not natural Um, it's caused in part by um, these diversions and in part by climate change so but, but the organisms that live in the lake, really, they, they're flexible. They've learned to live at all kinds of salinities. In some years, um, the summer would be hotter than others, so they're flexible about temperature. And, and that is really working in our favor. So if these organisms can hang out during this tough period and we can figure out how to get more, you know, ample water into the system, then they they could come out of their little refugia, these little refuges, places that they're hanging out and, and really inhabit the ecosystem again. Um, so if we can get water to the lake, you know, in the next year, that's great. But if we can't get water to the lake for five years, um, we are really risking losing everything. So right now things aren't doing well. Um, and I think we need to get, uh, get some water to the system. But you asked about solutions. So the solutions of, is about reducing the salinity and about getting more water in. 
there's a really cool idea that um, has been recommended by the Salinity Advisory Council for the state that I sit on, and that is to close off the railroad causeway across the lake to fill in the breach so that we collect water in the south arm of the lake where the ecosystem should thrive, and we um, more or less sacrifice the north arm of the lake and we say it's dependent on precipitation now but we're going to collect the the river inflow into the south arm because that's where the birds come that's where they they eat and that way we can preserve part of the system and that sounds really extreme but that's where we are right now but yeah we are at an extreme point Mm -hmm. um there was an article by leah larson the other day about Mm -hmm. or a few months ago about the eco collapse has started. So we are at a really crucial point in time to show up for the lake. And it sounds like the solutions is water, water, water. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, some of that really uh, is in is in the hands of, um, you know, agriculture or other water rights holders. Um, and no one is suggesting that they give up their water for free. Um, but the, the state and um, well, many entities are, are currently looking at how do we uh, give folks money uh, for their water rights in order to make more of that water flow to the lake. Um, and, and so there were some pieces of legislation last year that worked towards that, um, but they leave us wanting a little bit because... For instance, metering secondary water was a great piece of legislation that happened last year that will help farmers know how much water they are using for irrigation, which is crazy that we didn't know that to begin with. Yeah, to save water, you got to know how much water you're using. Yes, you do, because how do you give up your water right for so much water when you don't know how much you're using, right? Right. So it makes perfect sense, but it's like a two-year rollout, so it's not an emergency measure. And we need emergency measures. This cannot wait two years. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, Bonnie, is there any place that people can keep up with you or your work on um, on the life forms at the lake? Well, I want to give a shout out to the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. Um, KRSL is part of that and Slick is part of that. And um, the media around Great Salt Lake, um, you know, your listeners might have noticed how it has just grown and grown and grown and been amplified by this Solutions Journalism Network um, funded project in Utah where all of the major media outlets are working together to bring stories that offer solutions uh, about Great Salt Lake. And so I, I want to say that the work we scientists do, you know, sometimes gets, gets just sequestered in our lab mm-hmm. um, and in our test tubes. And so it's really been great to have a venue um, when there's been so much interest about the lake and the way you guys have gotten the word out. So I'm really impressed with the way journalism is interfacing with those of us who are on the ground at the lake. Yeah, to save the lake, you got to spread the word about the lake. We got to know about the lake. Um, Bonnie, I have one more question for you. What actions can humans in the area take to help fight against the eco-collapse? I think it's really important to know that the legislative session is happening right now. Yes. And uh, some of us might turn off um, our media during the legislative session because there are some things that that get cantankerous and um, frustrating. 
But it's really important to pay attention to what's going on. And it's really important to get your thoughts to your legislative representative. And I think last year's session really told us that folks were listening um, because there's so many reasons to care about Great Salt Lake that every every single person that is represented in this legislature has a reason to care, whether it's tourism, the ski industry, the real estate market that will be devastated by um, by dust and uh, or the ecosystem because you're a bird watcher or you care about um, the system. So there's just a million reasons to care. Most of us breathe and we care yeah. about the air quality. Right? Yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> so I, there's so many reasons that uh, people are attaching to and then they uh, send a message to their representative about that reason. And so I just want to call out if if you have a reason, please let your legislative representative know about that. Yeah, okay. So to sum up from Bonnie Baxter, director of the Great Salt Lake Institute at Westminster College, we need to get water to the lake, first of all. Also, check in with your legislators. Let them know why you care. Let them know that you're here and you care. And guess what, guys? You're their boss. So let them know. That's right. Never Um, more than now. Never more than now. All right. Thank you so much, Bonnie Baxter. Um, Coming up. That was a really hard story for me and a hard story, I'm sure, for a lot of people to hear. So we are going to bring the vibes up a little bit. We've got Ben Winslow here to talk about solutions he's found through his reporting at the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, um, some solutions on this water crisis we're facing. Here's You Take Me to the Light by Francis and the Lights. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like the NAACP, working to ensure a society in which all individuals have equal rights. To learn more, visit naacpogden.org or naacp-saltlakebranch.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event, a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com. I'm Nicole Blackburn, your host tonight as Salt Lake Community College students take over Radioactive in partnership with Amplify Utah and KRCL 90.9. Right now we have Ben Winslow from KS from Fox 13 News, um, which is a part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. How you doing tonight, Ben? I'm great, thank you. Bruins represent. Uh, Bruins represent. <laughs> Go Bears. <laughs> um, so you have been reporting with the Great Salt Lake Collaborative for a year now. Can you give me a little bit of info about what the Great Salt Lake Collaborative is? Sure. So this is um, something a little different than than we we're typically used to. We, we as media outlets, we compete against each other in this market. We compete, you know, pretty vigorously. Um, but this t- on the, on the situation like the Great Salt Lake, and I'm not being hyperbolic here. It presents an existential threat to all of us. Yeah. Uh, we have media outlets. We have academic institutions partnering together. Uh, calling attention, we're sharing reporting, we're sharing research, uh, calling attention to the Great Salt Lake, the problems that it's facing, and potential solutions to to save it. It's This is a different approach in journalism where we're talking about 
solutions, uh, things that might work, things that might be considered. Here, uh, for example, uh, I went with uh, Utah Public Radio's Sherry Quinn and uh, the Salt Lake Tribune's Trent Nelson. Uh, I went with photographer Eric Brown. We went to Las Vegas. We looked at how they're handling water situations, and we did a series of stories on what they do from a consumer level, and could that potentially work here? Yeah. Um, Just kind of presenting people with potential solutions to the problems that we're facing. Not saying that all of these are the answer, but this is some maybe something They're to potential consider. potential solutions. It's worked here or it hasn't worked here, you know, just yeah. so people have more knowledge of what to do. And, uh, you know, we're sharing a lot of our work. Um, I covered a news conference yesterday on some bills that were being introduced uh, related to the Great Salt Lake. Those were running in the Salt Lake Tribune. They've been running in other uh, news outlets. You know, that that's kind of what we're doing as part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is pretty exciting. Um, ben, do you want to tell me a few of the solutions that uh, you found through your trip in Las Vegas? Well, they have definitely a lot more aggressive approach to water conservation. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually have full-on officers that go around and, um, you know, potentially issue tickets uh-huh. uh, for people who are... Uh, maybe watering too much on their lawns, what little lawns they have. They've passed laws to actually ban non-functional turf, which is the grass that you, you know, it's largely ornamental. It's the stuff you don't really use, uh, you don't really spend a lot of time on. Um, So they've got some of those bills and things like that that they've run and that we were kind of highlighting in there. Um, You can go to uh, greatsaltlakenews.org. Um, and see some of the stuff that we have uh, done. A lot of the reporting that uh, you should people should just check out. I, I don't think I have enough time in this broadcast to really kind of cover all the stuff we've been doing lately. Oh yeah, no, there's no way. But I do still want to just stay focused on those solutions. It sounds uh-huh. like what they're doing in Las Vegas, it could help here. But a lot of the problem is a lot of water use in agriculture. Have you found any solutions to reduce agricultural water? Well, there's, certainly everybody's looking at it because it is the number one user of water. It is also your food supply. So, you know, you kind of have to to balance these things. But um, what we expect to see happening and what we've been covering, uh, at least I'm I'm the reporter on Capitol Hill. So I keep an eye on what the legislature is doing. And so I I, uh, what I can tell you to expect is there will be a lot of funding requests and a lot of uh, legislation coming dealing with water conservation, particularly though this is going to be an appropriations thing. Mm -hmm. And appropriations is normally one of the world's most boring committees because all they do is talk about finances. But it is billions of your taxpayer dollars. This is where they show you the money and what they want to spend on. One of the big things that they're going to be doing is um, what's called agriculture optimization. And ag optimization is this idea of... uh, water-saving technologies that um, right now a lot of farms, you drive by a farm, you drive by agriculture land, and you see the sprinklers going in the middle of the day, and they got the little sprinkler doing... Right, and it's like blazing sun out right now. Right, 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 right. Well, what there's... What a lot of the ag optimization is switching from that type of uh, watering system to something that's called like flood irrigation. And it can actually be controlled on your smartphone. Ah. And it's been kind of fun to talk to farmers who are in their 70s. They're used to getting up in the middle of the night and moving this and whatever. And they just control it all from their phone. They roll over. They turn the thing on. They turn it off. The only time it notifies them is if there's a problem. Sounds and they've recorded, like it's way easier, too. It is a lot easier. Uh, but they've recorded 30% savings instantly by switching to this newer technology. 30%? percent savings with water use yes wow just just immediately from doing that um and and it's expensive that's Mm -hmm. one of the big issues is Mm -hmm. this is really expensive farmers don't really operate on huge profit margins so they kind of have to that's why there's these incentives to try to get them to do it they rolled it out kind of soft last year 
and it was a hit. They, mm-hmm. The Department of Agriculture and Food did manage to give out grant money. Yeah. So it's kind of a 50-50 match. You know, you got to come up with some money, too, as a farmer. This isn't free money. Uh, but they're planning to expand this dramatically because one of the goals, or at least as leadership views it, is one of the goals is if you can do this, that's a lot more money combined with other laws that they have passed, in-stream flow, water banking, things like that, that can get more water into the lake. And as you heard Bonnie say, of course, Mm -hmm. the name of the game, water into the lake. It's water in the lake. You got to do that. Another big thing that they're going to do is um, they are pushing money for cloud seeding. Um, right now, we do do some cloud seeding. This what is, is cloud seeding? Let's get an explanation it's a, on it's that. It's a chemical that you put out into the atmosphere, and as it's been explained to me by uh, scientists at Utah State University, it is squeezing a little more juice out of the storm. Okay. Not much. It doesn't give you a ton, mm-hmm. but it can take a winter storm and kind of just get a little bit more out okay. of it. Uh, they want to expand funding for that because they're just kind of trying everything they can at this. Um, the other one is Department of Natural Resources is asking for money to pay farmers to not grow crops. Ah, well, yeah. And let I the water actually, go downstream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe just don't let that crop go this year. Just, you know, maybe sit this one out. And um, that's another one that's a budgetary request. So a lot of these things are budget. Then you've got your water conservation bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got turf buybacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, your local water district might, depending on where you live, they might pay you 75 cents, buck, buck 50 max, I think is what we've seen. They're talking about going up to two bucks uh, to get rid of your lawn. So uh, those incentives do work. Uh, people, when they think, like, I think I'm going to pull the trigger. I think I'm going to, you know, replace my lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they find that money actually does help. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Las Vegas covering the stories we were, they found that it went to $3. That's what Southern Nevada Water Authority offers, 3 bucks, And mm. that is definitely uh, a, a thing. So it would be, yeah, it would be like $2 a square foot is what they're – what's being bantered about right now if you can get it it's it's mostly a funding mechanism so you've got turf buyback there's uh, other water conservation bills that are going to be unveiled i've been told next mm-hmm. week okay so, so stay tuned to see what's happening stay at the tuned and and this is the something bonnie talked about and i cannot emphasize it enough is this is where public input is really important that contact your lawmaker Yep. If you have feelings on any issue, regardless of what your political viewpoint is, regardless of your ideology, never be afraid to contact your elected representatives about issues that you feel are important. Uh, reach out to them by email. Call them up. Text them. We've, I've certainly done enough stories on these things. They are usually pretty responsive. Yeah, you know? and, and we need to use our voices to stand up for what's right. And what's right now is to save the lake. Um Ben, let's hear some more about your time at Capitol Hill yesterday. I want to hear more about what happened then. Uh, So yesterday, uh, the Utah Rivers Council uh, held a news conference where they were announcing their support for a pair of bills. One's a resolution that sets a target uh, goal of water level um, for the Great Salt Lake and Right now, as I'm talking about it, it just left my mind That's okay. uh, what the, the target level was. It happened. It was like 4,198, and I think we're just under 4,190 feet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be the goal optimization. That's sponsored by a freshman Democratic senator, Nate Bluen of Salt Lake City. Um, not sure where that's going to go, where it, where it fits on the, the priority scale, but that's certainly one that the Utah Rivers Council feels passionate about. Another and- one was uh, by Representative Joel Briscoe, another Democratic senator from Salt Lake City. He wants to dip into a sales tax fund that is used 
Right now, for water projects like uh, Bear River Project or Lake Powell Pipeline, he wants to divert that money for five years with a sunset date uh, to go to Great Salt Lake causes. Again, no idea really what the temperature of those are Mm. in terms of where they fit on the grand scale of Republican leadership in the legislature, whether they have support or not. We haven't had a chance to Mm -hmm. simply... Uh, gauge what the support level is right now. But those are bills that they certainly support. But what I can tell you is that you will expect to see a whole list of bills to deal with this. It sounds like there's a lot of, you know, upcoming legislative action for people to stay tuned about with the lake. Um, Thank you so much. My pleasure. Ben Winslow from Fox 13 News. I'm Macaulay Blackburn, your host for Voices Amplified's Takeover Radioactive. This is Neon Soul by Neon Natives with a Z. On KRCL. I'm Macaulay Blackburn, your host for Amplified's Utah's Take... (laughs) Sorry, guys. Messed up. That happens on live radio. I'm Macaulay Blackburn, your host for Voices Amplified's Takeover of Radioactive in partnership with Amplify Utah and Salt Lake Community College. We are about to speak with Carl Moore. He's a co-founder of the Salt Lake City Air Protectors and Pandos, Utah. Hi, Carl. How you doing? I'm doing uh, all right. Actually, reality, I'm tired. That's fair. So I'm, let's try this. <laughs> yeah, let's try it, and let's try to talk about the lake in a yeah, way let's do it. that will make people want to save the lake. So I mm-hmm. was at the rally for Save Our Great Salt Lake uh-huh. a few weeks ago. Your speech was really inspiring, and um, you just know your stuff, man. So I wanted to talk to you about some – like examples of direct actions to take to save the lake instead of just solely relying on legislative action like what can people do to save the lake yeah so uh first i want to acknowledge that that the lake does deserve to be saved and um that uh you know as an indigenous person we conceptualize the lake as an entity as as being a person like we are people right like Mm -hmm. the animals the plants they all have a a personhood Mm -hmm. Um, and it's and it's up to us because we have the voice and we're making the rules and we're doing actually the the damage to the lake and we're mm-hmm. we're doing that. It's actually our um, it's our it's our it's a mandate, you know, from the creator to, to steward these things well. So um, and then I also want to acknowledge that, yeah, like there's multiple prongs to going about this, you know, like there's a legislative route and then there's direct action and there's education, you know, um, those are all things that, you know, there's a lot of different groups that are working on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in, in like particular actions, is that what you're asking for is like particular yeah. actions? I would love to hear your ideas yeah. about actions people can take to save the lake. Yeah. So, um, I would say that, that all actions need to be strategic. That's what a, a lot of people don't understand about rallies and things is you have to be strategic. You have to have, um, your message, um, clear and also a message that will um make the public or the general public have some sympathy or empathy Mm -hmm. for like what you are doing like try to make things real for the people Mm -hmm. right um so um and that and that can kind of get uh kind of blurry when you're doing direct actions because um a lot of direct actions um we we, i I, i'm all for non-violent direct action Okay. Okay. Let's just be straight on that. Non-violent direct action. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say non-violent, um, I think that we, um, that people should take the opportunity to do things to disrupt um, the production or uh, of um, 
of things that are that are they're taking away the Salt Lake or that are being uh, that are affecting the the Great Salt Lake in yeah. in a negative way. Like um, some really disruptive um, human actions by like yeah. diverting all the river water away. That's not good for the lake. Who would have thought? <laughs> right, right. So it would be things like that. It's like just knowing of when thing when people are doing things, um, the schedule, and, and going to those things, and and making a noise, but also linking that noise with media, with public. You know, again, creating sympathy. It's it's not. Um, there's I. I personally don't go the route of just screaming and yelling and, and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually um, saying, giving reasonable reasons for why we are doing what we are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's also uh, important for people to understand that, that we are not, a t- that we shouldn't be attacking peace people personally. Yes. Like it's not necessarily a personal attack because, you know, they're all caught up in this world of of trying to make a living for themselves. So I'm, what I'm saying is, like, if we if you were to go out there and stop the like trucks from moving or heavy heavy equipment from moving mm-hmm. or things like that, um, I mean, people are working, right? They're mm-hmm. they're just they're just doing their job. Right. So it is something that would be against the you know the company itself. It would be something against you know uh, the city that. Or, or the city or any kind of municipality that is like promoting these things, promoting violence. Um, anyway, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure if I even answered. I, don't, I didn't answer what you said, actually. <laughs> no, I, I think you, you got some direct actions in yeah, there. We can but, keep going with it. But yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm talking no, about you're direct good. action. You're yeah. good. We're doing great. No, like, um, so I come from uh, the perspective, an indigenous perspective and an indigenous direct action. And I mm-hmm. kind of, follow the model of standing rock and it's yes. it's peaceful it is doing things in prayer it is um doing things um because it's our responsibility mm-hmm. um i don't think a lot of people think about this but as as people we should all be considering the earth and the environment and the ecosystem as family absolutely and we always say like mother nature right we mm-hmm. we say mother nature indigenous people grandmother earth uh, unchimaka uh, Mother Earth or things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that is something that we need to keep in mind is that, again, you know, these things, this lake is a person and it is also connected to this Earth uh, mother concept. And so when we see things that are violating our mother, right. like we we should really take that as personally as our own mother is being attacked. Absolutely. And, that, and that's something that at Standing Rock, I mean, that's the motivator is like when your mother is being attacked, what do you do? Right. You, you, you stand, stand up, up and you fight back. Yep. Yeah. And and it's it. So linked with that is is education. You mm-hmm. know, people need to be educated on on our connectivity, our on our um, our connectiveness to the lake itself. Right. Yeah. And to how that affects us, the ecosystem and, and our whole life. And then also, obviously, the the, the dangers of it of the toxins that it's accrued over the time of industrialization and all this technology that has come in, Mm -hmm. you know, all these steel mills, all these things that have just dumped in all these toxins. And now, you know, as it evaporates, all those things are going to be in the air. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, um, the lake, the water on the lake protects us from these, you know, toxins getting in our lungs. So we really should stand up and fight for the lake because it protects us and we need to protect it. Um, all right. So yeah, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> glad I'm not out of there course, alone, you know, no, you're definitely not. But I that's know. another thing is like, we, if anybody's listening to that, this, and you're motivated to do something, then do something. Cause a lot do of people something. are going to hear this and they're not going to do anything. And, and a lot of times that's because they, they, they say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm only one person or whatever. So 
go to go to there's a lot of different organizations i don't know if you're gonna put links or but there's a lot of different organizations there's a lot yeah, of different people that are, that are that are doing the things or you know do your own things you know and when it comes to direct action mm -hmm. this is probably something that y'all need to get your own little groups together and do these mm -hmm. things because direct action like these things that are you you have a liability of getting arrested you can get arrested yeah. right mm -hmm. and um again going back to if something's happening to your mother what do you do what do you do like there's morality and there's laws right mm -hmm. and sometimes we need to break laws in a in a in a in a i would say a civil way right yeah in a civil way um we have to it's our moral obligation to break laws in order to protect lives and what makes it more lawful to kill a lake than to you know i don't know break some sprinkler systems just kidding for right. you know <laughs> so uh -huh. no but but that's a good that's a really good um that's a really really good point again it's conceptualization you know it's it's with with colonism and uh, and all of this this attitude of um how do we exploit the land i mean this is this is how you're Europe came, right? Europeans came, right. and then they had a whole different view on like what they do with land and, and really take from yeah ex exploitation of land, exploitation of people to get the things that to get from the land. Um, it's just changing that perspective and and acknowledging that the lake, not only does it have value in and of itself, but it has value to us because we're directly linked to the lake, right? Yep. And and we're linked to it in so many different ways that we just don't realize. Mm -hmm. But as we're realizing right now, yeah. you know, once the water goes away and then all the arsenic and everything is exposed and it blows up in the wind, I mean, that's going to be affecting everybody totally. right? in, yeah. the, in this valley. Regardless of, you know, like it's just going to hurt us all if we let this happen. Um, Carl, we got, you know, maybe one more minute left. But do you want to tell me how settler colonialism and cri climate crises like the one at the lake are connected? in a minute oh they're a <laughs> they're absolutely connected absolutely you know absolutely if everybody lived um in an oh sorry if if indigenous people were in charge of where they were given stewardship of mm -hmm. like we wouldn't have this problem because right. um we would be connected to the land we would we would be connected to community we would respect each other we would respect each other globally mm -hmm. right um so yeah. So it sounds like, like land back is climate solutions. It it really is. Land yeah. back, get you know, give the land back to indigenous people and let us run you know, at least Turtle Island the way that it was supposed to be ran in the first place. And for those who are listening don't know what Turtle Island means, that is um what this land is called uh, that some people may refer to as the United States right now. Right. All right, um, that was Carl Moore from the Salt Lake City Air Protectors and Pandos, Utah. Uh, we have Crying Out For Me by Mario coming on. Uh, if you hear the lake crying out for you, respond, stand up with us. And that was Crying Out For Me by Mario. I'm Macaulay Blackburn, your host tonight on as Salt Lake Community College students take over Radioactive in partnership with KRCL 90.9 and Amplify Utah. We are flipping the show today. We are doing rallies and resources right now. I have another student here with me, Braden Timmerman, and they are going to talk about the protest at Capitol Hill 
on Tuesday, protesting trans rights. Brayden, hello. Hello, Macaulay. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You know, I think it's really important that we cover divisive topics such as trans healthcare in Utah legislature. Um, on Tuesday, I actually went out with a couple of my other journalist friends and we took some interviews. Um, one of the interviews we spoke with, their name was Blade, and we'll, we'll play their clip right now. Well, it makes me very mad <laughs> uh, because, you know, I, I'm trans myself. Uh, I take testosterone um, and I haven't been able to legally change my name or gender. Literally the entire eight years of me being out because of the laws and stuff. <laughs> and it's ridiculously expensive, which I think is nonsense. I'm just really mad, <laughs> really. I just feel like we shouldn't, you know, keep people from being their truest happiest self i feel like that's just a basic human right you know i think it's really wonderful that the community is able to come and voice their opinion and tell us what they think especially the youth trans people of salt lake mm -hmm. um, and so i was really glad to be able to talk with them we've actually got another interview as well from z Kilpack, who's going to be joining us on the show next week i mean it's very inhumane like especially like the prevention of being able to change someone's birth certificate so that they're forced to be under a gender identity that you know some doctor gave them for yeah, 18 years ago whatever it's ridiculous it's extremely dysphoric and really discouraging and transphobic um, as well as yeah the blocking of healthcare is blocking a human right and not allowing people to live as they are as not have like the same rights as cis people all right, Brayden. So, yeah, let's hear some more about why people are protesting in the first place. Yeah, of course. So as I'm sure some of you may have heard recently, the Senate's introduced um, several bills that would be blocking trans health care, as well as preventing trans youth from um, changing their pronouns and their uh, legal name on their birth certificate until they're 18, um, which, as you heard in the interview segments, is is blocking a human right. I mean, it's yeah. just inhumane. It's it's not allowing this community of people to thrive and live in the ways that they deserve to. Absolutely. And trans rights are human rights. And if you are in community with people, then some of your community are trans people. And that means you should stand up with and for them. Um. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I really appreciate everybody who came out to the rally. It was really important for us to have that kind of support from the community. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's... You guys are doing great. So this is the show next week because we have two teams. We have two teams that are yeah. taking over the show. So congratulations, McCall. You're almost done with the first one. We've uh, got a preview of next week and now some pop culture nuggets. And Sean Stetson, who's a return E, so to speak, from the first uh, round we did a year ago. Um, you have a sports uh, obsession. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I, some people would call it a passion. Um, but... I guess you can call it an obsession. So we're going to start off this semester with uh -huh. Sports with Sean. Sports and with Sean. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be coming at you every Thursday at the end of the show, giving you a little sports in the community. Mm -hmm. And so what I've got this week is, you know, fairly recently, uh, the Salt Lake Bees, the minor league baseball team we have here in Salt Lake City, they are moving down to daybreak. Yes. Which is, you know, it is what it is. I know that there are reasons for the move because mm -hmm. there's going to be more attendance down there. Because mm -hmm. most of the people, they travel up from daybreak ah. to visit here in the, the B Stadium, which, you know, it's fine. I understand the, the move. <laughs> it's 
fine. Do- is it though? Um, Are you okay? I'm a sports history <laughs> kind of buff. You know, uh, I am from Boston, okay. and Fenway Park is the oldest baseball stadium in you know the league. Don't and then, that. yeah, no, it's fine. But when I found out the history of you know the Salt Lake Bees going back to 1915, I mean, you got Babe Ruth coming through here three or four times. Oh. Hank Aaron, the former home run king. I know this no is no idea who that is falling on deaf ears, <laughs> and that's okay. But what I found interesting is uh, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall has been very vocal in, you know, trying to find out what we're going to do with this project in the community. What's she been saying about what we're going to do with this project in the community? Well, you know, that's interesting, Macaulay, because she wants to uh, do a, you know, human-centered project. Ah. And there's actually a website where she has initiated where it's called ballparknext.com. And you can actually submit, you know, concept proposals of what you're going to do in the community. And there's three, it's actually a competition. It's open until March 17th. And there's Ooh. like three separate categories for prizes, like $15,000. Wow. Well, hold on. <laughs> it's for developmental professionals, oh. $10,000 for post-secondary students, and then $5,000 for, you know, residents of the area. So wow. it is fairly dense. You have to like do all the objectives in it. Mm. Uh, you can't just say, I want to bring a Major League Baseball team here, like my proposal. And how can people do this, Sean? How can people get into these things? Yeah, you just visit ballparknext.com and just, like I said, it's fairly dense. I tried to do it last night, and <laughs> there's I'll a lot of questions. Yeah. I have homework to do, ah. and I'm not going <laughs> to really go through all that. Um, but, you know, it's just, there are two more seasons. So, I haven't been to a, a Bees game personally, so... I, I have two more seasons to try to see what they – I have heard them call it, like, the best view in all of baseball. Mm. I, that's, I failed to see that yet. I haven't, you know, been, but – Oh, it just breaks my heart. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I will go. Um, also, it, the important thing, it's not going to change the affiliation with the Major League team. Uh. So the Major League team for the Bees is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay. And – it's uh, interesting, tonight is the MLB draft, and the Angels have the 11th pick. So, you know, whoever gets drafted could eventually be on this team within the next two years. Mm. So that's exciting. But I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this. Um, but what would you want for the area? You know, Sean and I, we talked about this off air. It would be cool to have, you know, a concert venue, right, guys? Yeah, get some music, yeah. get some local jobs going. I also am always going to shout out, I think we need to take care of our unsheltered population. I don't know if, you know, converting this stadium to like a, a, a shelter, like an unsheltered, you know, shel- a shelter for sh- unsheltered people. Um, but uh, I think we need to do stuff like that, too. So concert venue homeless shelter something well and the gail miller family foundation and all those groups sean didn't they just uh, so recently yes uh again uh mayor aaron mendenhall on twitter has been very active and vocal about you know this project mm. and she just put out a tweet i think it was a couple days ago that yeah, say, state of the city yes yeah, state of the city uh the gail miller family I, foundation family foundation <laughs> is uh they're fundraising for a so it's a like hundred million bucks to re-envision yeah. that wow. place along yeah. with other community partners. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a human centered. I mean, what does the, that mean? The, the information is very vague. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not telling us anything, but mm. I feel like it's what I just talked about. That mm. competition yeah. that is an open until March 17th at, you know, ballparknext.com. You can submit your proposal. I think they're waiting 
to see who has the best proposal and they'll go from there with their investment. Yeah, okay. so if you have some ideas, guys, go hop onto that website Sean just mentioned and submit your ideas to the mayor. See what we can do. Ballparknext.com. I think right here we should uh, back of the napkin, do some things and submit an idea, see if we can get some of that money. What do you say? <laughs> like, don't you think that they could put part of 13th South underground so the campus stretches across that intersection, creating more community space? I think you are in a very imaginative person, and I think that's perfect for radio. You know, I think we should make a call to someone over at the Delta Center and have them bring a, a professional team here. We only have one. That's Sean's. That's hope. that's my proposal. Yeah. Yes, I understand. We need what more do you things. Want? Hockey. Uh, what do you, you know want? what? Major I would League? take one of the three that we need. You know, you need football. Oh. You need hockey, mm. and you need baseball. Mm. So I will take hockey. <laughs> I mean, or football. I mean, we have so many fans from. The Utes, Utah State, BYU. Let's bring them all together. Well, there's that guy that already has the logo. Was it the Sea Monkeys? The Great Salt Lake Sea Monkeys. You know, we could, we, no could, we could brainstorm on that all night long. But I did have something for anyone to watch tonight. You know, there is a show on HBO Max with Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. It's called Climbing. Mm. And there is a Utah Ute on the climbing team that is on the show in the season finale. So like tonight. a University of Utah student? Yes. Okay. Wow. And her name is uh, Robin Raggins. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I've am i watched a little bit of the show, but I'm scared of heights. So <laughs> it was a little hard for me to watch and watch people accomplish their fears. I'm not going to do that, but should Sean check it out. Sean's not going to climb anything anytime soon, <laughs> guys. Not Live from Radioactive. <laughs> I think you need to invite this climber down. Yeah. I mean, sure. if I can get a hold of her, I will bring her down. Maybe get Jason Momoa on it. Bring Jason Momoa. It's on Jason HBO Momoa. Max called The Climb. And should watch it it's right. terrifying yeah everybody watch that show get scared and laugh at sean i'm <laughs> oh. <laughs> just kidding sean's great we support you sean uh, so how you feeling you about the show you know what it was good it was so nerve-wracking you guys i was shaking for the majority of it but we're wrapping up you did it's great. getting close you did thank great. you yeah, did great. also i want to give a shout out to my sister-in-law happy birthday jessica J. Yeah. And, you know, stay close. You might learn something. And you know what? Speaking <laughs> of shout outs, I think I'm going to shout out my team really quick. We've got yes, Sean Stetson it. on here. He's the lead producer. Whoop, whoop. We've got Kyle Forbush as the assistant producer, Maveny Burnham and John Coles as digital producers, and Haley Askerland, who was our booker. Thank you guys so much for, you know, helping, collaborating on this. And we, all these people are going to host at some point. So stay tuned every Thursday from 6 to 7 as Salt Lake Community College students take over radioactive in partnership with amplify utah and salt lake community college um we've got one more song we do we got to stretch here for just a bit oh. time wise so <laughs> i want to also say thank you to marcy young cancio your journalism professor and the founder and creator of amplify utah full disclosure on the board here <laughs> at krcl she just gave a touchdown symbol through the glass <laughs> i want to say thanks to everyone your first show so awesome and you had another uh degree of difficulty when we did this a year ago yeah. we were still in lockdown so we resume it all and yeah. i would edit it all together and turn it for the night mm -hmm. and you've been doing it here live live yes it's, this was definitely interesting it's sometimes it's like a maze you got to find your way out so. yeah totally <laughs> and if folks want to reach out and share a story or um say hey i've got something y'all should look into or have on the show mm -hmm. are you open to that yeah, totally. I okay. mean, my Instagram DMs are open unless you're weird. Uh, <laughs> That's very uh, subjective, Macaulay. Okay, don't be a weirdo in my DMs. Okay. You can gone. also send story pitches to The Globe, which is a student-run newspaper. I am the digital editor, so it will be coming right to me, and I will push it out to the rest of the team because oh. I'm going to be on both teams this Wonderful. semester. He wants and there's the paycheck. A 
playlist to go with every show. You've heard some of the music tonight. We will embed it in the show post along with links to all of your guests, their organizations, and their groups. And you can also email radioactive at krcl.org and put in the subject line, Voices Amplified, and a word or two about the pitch, because I get hundreds of emails every day, and I'm happy to forward them on. And I just want to say thank you. It's been really fun. Macaulay, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to save the world because the climate <laughs> crisis is a really big deal, you guys. And I, you know, I wanted to talk about this a little bit tonight because we all have to stand up. The truth is whatever happens to our planet is going to happen to all of us. And I know it's so scary to face the climate crisis. It is terrifying. Nobody wants to think we could all be dead in 20 years. Um, but the truth is we have to confront and face the climate crisis and make some changes so we can do better for, you know, our planet for one another let's show up let's show up for earth let's show up for the plants the animals for each other let's you know advocate for all human rights that can come together we stand together you guys stand up stand together stand up for what's right and that's all i gotta say i guess sean uh i just want to be happily married yeah (laughs) that's all i care about right now (laughs) wendy i'm coming home soon go bees and uh yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. 51 days. And you're going to be doing Sean's sports? Sports with Sean every uh, every Thursday about, you know, sports in the community. Can Some I crazy p- sports. Can I pitch a story to you? Please. Just saw the story break. I think it was earlier today or yesterday on KSL.com. Utah Warriors announced a partnership with one of rugby's top clubs. Rugby? Yeah. What does okay. that mean? Because there's, there's a huge rugby You know, I will Utah. admit I am not familiar with rugby. Uh, I have seen a Friends episode with rugby. <laughs> so that's, that is about the gist of the knowledge I have. But I will look into it and I will, okay. I will talk about that next week maybe. Well, Brayden, we're going to go out with a song that also looks ahead to the show next week. And uh, you're going to bring in folks and talking about trans rights and bills and things like that. So this song, we're sharing in light of that, Brayden. But do you have anything you want to say about where you're heading with your journalism career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, my goal at the end of the day is just to advocate for my community, advocate for the people that I love, the people that I care about, the people that I interact with every day, and the people that I'm sure most of you know, but you may not even be aware of. There we go. So what's the song we're going out with here, Macaulay? You introduced me to Bobby Sanchez. Yeah, so this is Bobby Sanchez. It is trans. Trans 101, um, they, their music really focuses on uh, trans rights, indigenous rights, and, you know, the harm of colonialism. So give Bobby Sanchez a listen. Thanks, everybody, and round of applause. See you next week. Voices See you Amplified next week. on KRCL. Why are trans people targeted? Colonialism marketing, the right for us just to exist shouldn't be an argument. Catch us walking down the street, flowing, glowing, sparkling, resisting against the system. Our existence is a monument. Men want to touch us, but behind.